Thanks for listening to Faith in the Fast Life. I'm Nick Orta. I'm your host. On this show, we look to break down the stereotypes of what the Christian looks like to the world by receiving testimony of action sports athletes and other athletes and just individuals across the world. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and fastlifeministries.com to give. Hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so we are here today, Faith in the Fast Life, with Christian Earhart, a uh, up-and-coming BMX mountain bike, just all-around shredder on two wheels with spokes and pedals. Um, I haven't got him on a motorcycle yet, so I'm probably good at that too, <laughs> but right now it's uh, him just killing it on bicycles. I had the opportunity to meet Christian in person at Camp Royal back this summer, and uh just a great young man with the heart for God and moving in the right direction. Uh, he's, he's got this style that he just hucks it, man. I, I love it. Like it, it, it reminded me of me as a, a much younger man um, of not really worrying about the consequences, just uh, having the confidence to be able to pull it off. So super cool to have you here with us, Christian. Um, yeah, man. Tell us about you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited for this. But um, I'm Christian Earhart. I'm 18 years old, uh, born and raised in upstate New York. That's where I'm, I'm at right now. Um, let's see. I mean, I, I was came up in like a middle class neighborhood, uh, just building jumps in my backyard. I found BMX when I was 11. Um, and then just in the last year, I pretty much transitioned into slopestyle mountain biking. Um, I came to the Lord when I was in high school, uh, freshman year. I gave my life to God. Um, I think it was April 29th of my freshman year, and I've been living for him ever since. Young Life's been a really big part of my story. Um, Young Life is like a, a youth group, like nationwide youth group for high schoolers. Um, so that's really kind of led me in the right direction, uh, mixed with Camp Royal, which I've been going to for the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. uh, I had the chance to meet you, Nick, um, this summer, which is amazing. And um, here we are now. Yeah, man, it's great. So freshman year, so have you graduated now or are you a senior this year? Yeah, so I just graduated uh, about two okay. months ago. So that's where the van life came from. So Christian's getting ready yeah. to move into the van life, and he's he's uh, getting ready to hit the road. Um, so freshman year, you find Young Life and got saved April 29th, I think you just said. What did it look like before that? Did you grow up in the church? Did you guys did your family attend church? Like what what does that look like? Yeah, so um, we grew up as like like Christian, like we believe in God, but that's about it. Um, I went to church a few times growing up that I can remember, especially when I was like really little. Uh, I was baptized to uh, like a local church, like right when I was like born pretty much. Um, but I grew up like saying that God exists and just talking about him a little bit, praying at like Christmas dinners. Um, but that was about it. And I just feel like when I got into, into high school, I just had a lot of questions um, as do most high schoolers. And um, I don't know. I just, I found Young Life one day when I was invited to go to Young Life breakfast um, by a friend of mine. And then I was just like captivated by it. And I just wanted more and more and more. And that's just kind of how how the the love was born. So did uh, did the bicycles come before or after you found Christ? Before. Um, so I mean, tell I, us I tell about little, that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So actually, it's a, it's a really interesting story. Um, I used to have this like little four wheeler track behind my house. Um, I mean, I guess you could call it that. It was more of like a trail. And uh, when I was 11, um, a tree fell on it. Right. So like, a, like an old tree fell down. And at the same time, my parents were like going through a divorce. So like my dad wasn't around. 
and I like didn't really have any way to move this tree. <laughs> it's really funny. It was like, like I just couldn't move it. Um, so I, I just like one day I just piled dirt up on it and made it into a bike jump. And then I went out and got my bike from the shed and it was an old like beater Walmart, like crappy bike. And, and, uh, and I made it on a jump. And then I like fell in love with it. I was like, wow, you could actually like, like, this is a thing, you know? And at the time I played, I was playing like soccer and lacrosse and basketball or whatever, all the, all the, all the team sports. But, um, I found the sport BMX and then I ended up just destroying that bike. And then I, I think when I turned 12, um, my, my mom and my grandpa got me a BMX bike for my birthday, like from a bike shop. And then I just kept riding and that jump has just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger until now it's like seven feet tall and made out of wood and it's still built right over that tree that 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 fell years ago nice um, so, but, so, yeah, so right in the backyard it. yeah that's awesome man so so tell us like you just i mean opened up something and and don't know where this is going or if you're even into yeah. sharing it but i know a lot of kids <laughs> out there a lot of people that are going to listen to this have probably gone through similar things like you so at, at how old were you when your parents got divorced oh uh, i was 11 11. So was that pretty taxing on you? Was that tough? Yeah, it was really hard. I feel like just, um, you know, I have a brother and sister and I live with my mom and I feel like being the man of the house at 11, uh, was just like a big responsibility that I was like forced to take. So I feel like I kind of grew up quick in some aspects and, uh, but it really shaped me to be who I am. Like I wouldn't be who I am today. Definitely wouldn't be where I am in bikes if my parents were still together. Right. So, so tell us a little bit more about that. So like this devastating thing happens in your life, which we all so often happen. Like if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I went through addiction and alcoholism mm -hmm. and, and couldn't get any of that right until I found God. But you know, here's yeah. an 11 year old man, you, your brother and sister are younger than you. Yeah. So I, I say 11 year old man, I'm talking about 11 year old boy. You know, I have a daughter yeah. that's, that's 10. And I, I think about my Ava and say, could Ava be the woman of the house? Uh, probably not. She's a good kid, but that's, that's tough, man, for, for an 11 year old to, to have to do with those things. So 11 years old, you don't know Jesus. Um, you know who he is, um, mm -hmm. but you're not following. So yeah. what did you do at 11 years old? Like when all that went down, like, how did that feel? How did you react? What, tell me more. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really, really hard. Like it was really hard. Uh, I mean, so many nights where I'd like cry myself to sleep. So there's so many like, and it was, it was, I think one of the hardest parts was watching my mom go through it. Um, because like firsthand, like I saw like the devastation that like she went through where like, she just like couldn't do much for a long time because she was just so upset. And, and I feel like I, I really had to take uh, a lot of responsibilities and I mean, I was just as, as devastated and as sad and just watching my family like change overnight and like having my dad live in a new house with a new girlfriend, with a new family, pretty much, you know, it was like really hard. Like I, I mean, I talked to a therapist at the time, which definitely helped me a lot. Um, and probably just talking with my mom was like the biggest thing. Cause like we were really in it together. So like there was a lot of like long, long late night talks that we had that kind of helped me get through it. Um, but that, that mixed with friends and just like the community, like I couldn't do it without my close friends and my grandpa. I'm really close with him. Um, but that's really what kind of got me through it at the time. And I think that's what really sparked a lot of my uh, questions that led to like me coming to Jesus because it was like, there's gotta be more, um, more out there that like for me, like I can't really be in this alone. Am I? Right. That's a, that's a good point there. So I'd, I'd had the opportunity to meet your mom at, at camp as well and, and wonderful lady. And, uh, 
yeah. know, obviously you're, you're blessed for that. She, she seems like she's got it together and she truly cares about you guys, which is so awesome to see um, and to, to let you live this dream out. Right. But so 11 years old, divorce happens. You don't turn to God at that point, but you turn to community, um, which is a lot about what the church is about. I know often uh, I'm going to recant to what I say a lot here right now. I see an opportunity, but I was talking about relationship versus religion and that it's about having a relationship with, with God. Um, and, and that's a hundred percent true. Like I love just having a relationship, but there's something powerful about the church and the body of Christ coming together and meeting and doing things a certain way that I think is so important. So you hadn't really, that, that's kind of what you had experienced. You experienced this community and relying on friends and counselors and family and those kind of things. And that's a lot of what the church brings to people. So fast forward, so 11 years old, this happens. 12 years old, you start ripping a BMX bike that grandpa and your mom got for you. And where does that take you? Like, how does that progress, the BMX bike? Yeah, I feel like um, a big part of my uh, like biking career kind of stems from um, my dad, like our kind of thing, like the way that we bonded most, like at going through this was um, going on bike trips, you know? So on the weekends, like, I don't know, uh, once a month, two times a month since there's so uh, uh, for more context, there's like, no, I don't really have a local skate park. Like there's no local indoor skate parks. There's really nowhere to ride and train around here around where I live. So like the closest skate park at the time was like two and a half hours away. Um, that one ended up closing and then we have to go further, but I feel like a big part of who I am today is just because of the trips my dad would take with me um, on the weekends. And then we, we'd, that, we'd really bond that way um, because we had gone through a lot um, at this point. So when I was like 12, 13, um, we started going on trips like every month. And that really kind of led me to be myself and ride and have fun and then spend time with him at the same time. Gotcha. So you still, that's kind of yours and, and your dad's bonding is the bikes more than anything, yeah. right? So that's what's keeping yeah. you guys together and keeping you connected um, and mom's obviously supporting it cause she sees your love for it. So, you know, what time, how long did it take you to really start to get good at that? Yeah. Um, I entered my first competition when I was 14, uh, and I got second, which was like, I was super excited on. Um, I was like, I was crazy. Uh, and that just kept progressing, progressing. Um, I'd spend, you know, weeks of my summer at Woodward in Pennsylvania and I just kept pushing myself. And I feel like I really, um, started taking it serious when I was about 16. Like I, I said, I was taking it serious, but when I was like 16, I, I kind of started to realize that like, maybe this is more than, than just a passion. Maybe like this could be my future. And I know I, as I mean, at that time, which we can get into that a little more, um, I had, I, I knew the Lord and I had a relationship with Jesus. So that definitely helped me, um, with my writing, with my confidence and knowing like my direction. But I was probably like about, I was six, 16 when I was like, okay, this is like my life. This is it. So 14 years old, you start going and you're doing, uh, you're competing. You got second mm -hmm. at one point. So you're, you're doing some pretty cool things. Um, yeah. continue going to Woodward. Did you continue to compete from 14 to 16? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard cause like, especially, uh, now it's a little bit different, but especially then there was no like amateur competition series is going on. Like there was like, uh, like when I was 14, it was like this competition that was thrown in like the skate park in the Bronx. And, and like, and then it was just like, I would just go from like skate, like, like a skate park might have either a jam or a competition like once a year. So I'd, I'd go to those. And then Hot Wheels ended up having a competition, like amateur competition series. Uh, and when I was 15 and 16, I went to like a bunch of those stops and did really good. 
Um, okay. So, I, I mean, I only compete maybe three or four times a year, but that three or four times, like, I'd work really hard for those. And how often were you riding? Like, I know you didn't have a place to truly train, but obviously you're training yeah. in the backyard. Like, you got to be on the bike every day, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it pretty much, like, as time went on, I was on the bike more and more, um, and it's pretty much been every day for a while now, um, especially back then. It was just, like, everything was so new, so it was just crazy how I could just go – dig for eight hours and then have a new jump, <laughs> you right. know, and my mom would tell you like there's Oh my gosh, there's countless, countless days of me just spending the entire day in the woods, digging holes. Um, like right. our woods by my house, just there's like car sized holes that is just like empty from, from the dirt that I've moved, uh, all by hand to build like the stuff that I've built that I've, I can, it's gotten me to where I'm at. I can completely relate. So like when I was young, you know, 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, we were building dirt jumps for BMX bikes and, uh, mm-hmm. same thing. One of my buddies had a, um, his dad had a ranch, um, mm-hmm. out West of town. And if we cleaned out the horse stalls, we could then use the tractor to build jumps. Yeah. So like we were shoveling horse poo for, in order to build the build bicycle jumps. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, so that's, I totally can relate to that. So I mean, that's, that's where that came from. So competing in the hot wheel series, you're doing all these things you're getting pretty good at this 16 comes along and tell us more about how you met jesus yeah so um it was freshman year and i i had i started going to young life and i think it was october um and then i went through that right through the year we went to like a fall weekend that fall where uh we go to like like a young life camp and that really like that was a big moment because like i'm at like a place where everyone's like kind of in the same boat. They're like high schoolers that like want to seek the Lord. Um, and that was really eye opening. Just like hearing like they had different speakers and, uh, just spending like a weekend with God, it really felt like. And then I spent the rest of that, uh, school year, just like growing my faith and going to young life. Like we'd meet like twice a week. So in Bible studies and just like seeking God on my own. And it's just like really eye opening to how, like, like how real everything is, you know, that was like, that was amazing. Um, and then, there was one night when I was riding, right? So I was like riding stuff by my house. I remember I was, I was trying, um, I tucked my hand under a bar spin. I was like, at that point where I was like, All right, I'm doing this trick. And I'd been trying it for probably like an hour, just like kind of working up to it. Cause at the time, like that was a big, a big deal for me. And, and I had started like praying a lot when I ride and I pray like continuously like throughout the day now. And like, especially when I'm riding, cause it's just like kind of higher stress environment. So it's like, I feel like closest to God when I'm riding. So I feel like that's like, it's almost like worship for me. You know, I feel like I can like really like be with him when I'm riding, especially when I'm alone, you know? So this is one night uh, in April and uh, I don't know, something was just different. Like I was alone riding. Cause I, I normally ride alone cause there's not many people to ride with around here. And I don't know. I just really felt him like heavy on my heart um, while I was riding and praying and like something just clicked. It was weird. It was like super emotional. Like something just clicked. And I was like, yeah, God, like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to give you my heart. And, uh, it was crazy. Like that moment, like everything that was leading up to it, it felt like everything was like, everything was just like in alignment, you know, like I was right where, where I was supposed to be. And then I dropped in and like landed the trick. And then I just like was super emotional and like called my, uh, young life leader. And like, I've been going hard for Jesus ever since. Nice. That's good, man. So, so you had the tools to, to get you there. And what was the first thing that got you to go to a young life? Like how, um, how did you end up like, going to young life? Yeah. So, um, I have a neighbor who 
on the bus one day, she, she was just like, Hey, you should come to this cool Jesus breakfast. And, and at that point I was like, I was really like question. I had a lot of questions. That's why I, I knew God was real and I just wanted to know more about him, but like, I didn't really have the resources to answer those questions. So when she's like, want to go to this Jesus breakfast, I was like, yeah, of course. Um, and then her mom like helped out at it. So I would just get a ride to that every Friday morning. And then, um, I'd go to that and then we'd have a Bible study on Sunday nights. And, uh, that's just where, what kickstarted the journey. So before that, before you knew God, you, you talk a lot about having questions, but you didn't know how to answer them. Did those questions come from like the divorce stuff? Like where you were like, was there ever a point in time after that divorce that you were questioning God? And I mean, obviously going through a traumatic event like that, you know, were you sitting there saying, how could this be God? Like, is there really a God? Like, was there ever that moment that you're, you know, through the, through the divorce and the stuff with your parents that you really questioned whether or not God was real? Yeah, you know, I, I don't really think I've ever had a moment where not necessarily, but I don't think I ever like had a time where I didn't think God was real. Um, I just, I've always just felt like a higher presence and just like, it just makes more sense to me for God to be real. And it always has than for not to be real. Like, just like, it's like, if you just look around, it's like, it doesn't make sense for us to be here right now. So I feel like I always knew that there was a God. I just didn't know that he wanted to know me personally. And I feel like all the questions I had were just regarding like random things, you know, like, like, what, like, who am I? Like, why am I here? Like, why? you know, God, like, it's like the things that just didn't make sense to me, you know, not necessarily like if God was real or not, just like all the whys. Right. If that makes sense. I think it does. I think a lot of that boils back to uh, one of the things Camp Royal talks about so much, right? Is identity, right? Your true identity. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think we all struggle with that. I'm, I'm stoked that mm -hmm. you found it at such a young age and were able to say, boom, here I am, here's my relationship. You know, it took me 35 years to find God. And uh, mm -hmm. I think for a lot of those years, I had those same things, a lot of those questions, why am I here? But I just lived so fast like it didn't matter. I wasn't listening. I wasn't being obedient. I was just going, right? And now, I mean, the fact that you're able to go out and, and ride your bike and and stay in his presence and, and pray while doing it, like, uh, I, I'm so bad at quoting scripture, but I mean, the Bible, the Bible says pray without ceasing. I don't remember where it says it, but I know it says it. I read it. Um, and, and that's the thing, right? Like all day, all day, every day, pray, stay in the word, you know, let the Holy spirit rest with you. And I think that's so cool that at 18 years old, you're doing that. You've graduated high school, you know, the Lord, um, you can, what does it look like now? Are you competing currently? Like, what's that looking like? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently pursuing um, slopestyle mountain biking. So I've kind of made that switch. And I just really fall in love with mountain biking a lot. And I'm competing at, at bronze level events. So like in slopestyle mountain biking, there's like bronze, silver, gold, and then diamond. Um, and you work your way up in points. So this year I'm in bronze events. I'm hoping next year to get into silver and just continue working my way up. Um, but I've, I've got two more competitions this year. I have one uh, next weekend in like a week and a half, which I don't know if I'm going to make because of, of a shoulder injury. But I definitely have one more this year, the end of September. And uh, I'm just super motivated, and I'm working really hard to do as good as I can in those in those different competitions. Yeah, man, that's that's awesome. So moving up, tell us about the shoulder injury. What happened? Um, so last Thursday, I was uh, I was riding Camp Royal's uh, big airbag landing, and 
I just do like double tail lips, something that I can typically do. Um, and I just like leaned too far forward when I was going into it. So like threw my like balance off and I had to like eject. And when I did, I like put my arm up or like back to catch my fall, which like I should have known better, but it like popped my shoulder up and then it dislocated my right shoulder. Um, and it's super swollen right now, which you can kind of see. This and, looks like uh, you've been lifting time, weights, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's my first time dislocating a shoulder. So I was like, I'm just was so scared that like, cause I know so many people with like shoulder injuries and like shoulder issues for life. So that's just a big fear of mine. Um, and it's hard because it's like all the competitions are points based. So like, if I miss one, like I'm dropping, like I'm ranked first right now, um, for like the amateur cup standings or whatever, which is like a pretty big deal. And if I miss this next one, which I'm most likely going to, uh, I'm going to drop pretty far, which kind of sucks. Um, but I'll come back. But anyway, so I, I, I dislocated my shoulder. Um, I've didn't really know what to do. Uh, so I ended up going to the hospital and, uh, it was a rough hospital visit. It was in like some little urgent care in West Virginia and they were like overbooked, I guess at the time. So it was like four and a half hours before I would see a doctor and just like sitting there with my shoulder popped out. Mm. And then they ended up having to put me under to put it back in just because how like tight it got. Uh, and then I woke up with, with David Lieb, <laughs> um, and we had some funny conversations, but, um, yep. Yeah, I ended up getting out and then I, I, I just like, can't really like lift my shoulder past here right now. It like just hurts a lot. Um, I just been icing it a lot and trying to get back, get but, back on track as soon as I can. But, but nothing's uh, torn or anything in it. I, I don't really know. Um, I went to a specialist today and they didn't really tell me much so um i'm Did looking they do mris to, no i'm trying to i'm looking to getting one um we're uh in between doctors like trying to see who who can help me the best right. but i'm probably gonna need mri um and i don't know i just, just want to get healed prayers man <laughs> prayers yep call yeah. Jarrett up I did. I do. I just got off the phone with him. Yeah. I, I, I texted this morning. I was like, Hey dude, like, can you please call me and pray for me? Cause that guy is amazing. Right. Um, Good dude. So yeah. And, so uh, everybody, all the listeners right now too, like this is going to come out in two weeks. Um, about the time that he'd be competing. But if, if we need prayers for, for our buddy Christian here, let's uh, send you. prayers of healing for him and, and do that kind of stuff. So we see where you're going now, getting into the slope style, world mm-hmm. uh with david who's the other our other fast life pro who's out there ripping it um yeah man like so cool to see you up and coming you know what are what are your plans like what is what does the future look like for you just keep competing and going and chasing god what what does it look like yeah i mean that's kind of my goal right now um i i've got my camper van so i feel like that's really put me in a unique situation where god can put me where he wants me to be. You know, like, I feel like for years I've been praying for God to like, show me your plans to me. Show me where you want me to go. Tell me this, tell me this, tell me this. And I just don't think that's kind of how, what God wants for me. Like, he's not going to gonna tell me and be like, Hey, listen, like you're going to go pro like, and, and this is going to happen. You're going to get paid this much. And this is how it's all going to work. You know, I feel like he's just get, he's given me the infrastructure to t- send me to where I need to go and put me where I need to be. And I just like, I spent a long time just praying for God to tell me what's going to happen. And that's not going to happen. God's just going to make it happen. And I'm along for the ride. So I feel like I've really given everything to him. And I know that I'm going to be where I need to be when I need to be there as long as I keep seeking him. So I'm just really excited that now like I get to go honestly anywhere. Um, and I love traveling. So uh, my goal is just to keep keep competing, keep training. Um, hopefully hit the, hit the West Coast here in a couple months and uh, just meet more people and, and share the love of God. 
Well, you always you always got a place out here with us in Colorado, so uh, uh, I appreciate if you, it. If you head this way, let's head this way. So, um, depending on what God does next, and staying obedient is is one of the coolest things in hearing. I, I heard a great pastor once say that um, he uh, it, it made so much sense to me. But he said sometimes he jumps and figures out where to land when he's in midair, and mm-hmm. uh, like can really apply to you because a lot of times you jump on a bicycle and and uh figure out what you're going to do and where you're going to land next um but if you jump and just trust that god's going to take you um he he always gets our feet on you know, back on the ground so such an amazing thing man so as we kind of ear near the time here um i always ask everybody as you know what's the one thing you want to leave the listeners with so if there's one thing you can leave, whether they're a believer, a non-believer, a mountain biker, a skateboarder, a addict, whatever, whoever they might be, what's one thing that you want to share that you want them to take home with? Anything. Can I share a story? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So this is a story that I've kind of wanted to get out there more, um, but I think it's just really powerful. Um, and it just shows uh, how, how God is really with you every second of the day. And he really cares about you. But, um, I'll try to make this quick if I can. But so last time we're at Camp Royal, I was, um, I was doing a, a backflip. I was doing a flat drop flip. So it was, it was off this, this like cement barrier, right? It was probably four feet. And then, then there's a bank right here. Okay. So it was like a four foot drop into a bank. Um, I probably dropped six feet down when I did it. Uh, and, and so I, I did a flat drop flip off it and, uh, it took three tries. Second try, I landed wicked hard and I broke my wrist. Um, and then third try, I just sucked up the pain and did it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I flat drop flipped off this, off this barrier and, and I broke my wrist. And then, uh, after that, I was just like in so much pain. Um, I was like, I like couldn't grip. I couldn't like squeeze. I couldn't grip a handlebar. I, um, it just, it was not good. Right. Like broken wrists are not fun. I've broken this wrist three, three times now, I think, or twice, twice. I've broken this wrist twice. Uh, and I had broken it the uh, couple months before and like it was broken. Um, it was the exact, it was actually worse than before. Um, so I was like at camp Royal for the summer and I was really bummed because I now have a broken wrist and <laughs> it's like, now what? Um, but it was, it was day camp. It was day camp. And I remember a couple days later, we were in church and someone was like, all right, like everyone who is, who is injured, we want to pray for you, like for all the campers. Um, and like, like God can heal you. Like we want to pray for you. And at this time I had never really like experienced or seen like God do healing in real life. Like you hear, you hear all those stories and like, I believe all those stories, but when it's in real life, it's a little different. And it, it, you know, so, uh, you know, I was up there praying for the kids and I knew that my wrist was like pretty hurt. Um, I had like a wrist brace on it and I just like, couldn't really move it. Like it was just like, it hurt. It was swollen. And I didn't really want anyone to pray for me because I just felt like I just didn't really need it. I was like, you know, like I'm here for the kids. Like, I don't, I don't need like my wrist is fine. You know, it'll heal. But, um, I felt like a weird like thing. I felt like I was like, I was like, I just felt God saying like, like have someone pray for you, you know? Um, so I had uh, Issa, who's Jarrett's wife. Jarrett is like the uh, the bike or ath- athlete athletic director at Camp Royal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Issa is his wife. She's from Finland, and uh, and so I was like, I was, I was I was really hesitant, but I was like, all right, like Issa, do you mind praying for my wrist? Like it, it hurts a lot, and it's like it's not in good shape. 
Um, Issa's awesome. So she, she, she's Finnish. So she prayed in, in, in Finnish, um, which is very unique. If you ever get the chance, have someone pray for you in Finnish. Um, <laughs> but so she prayed for me for like 10 minutes, um, you know, continually. And she's like, all right, how's it feel? And I was like, well, it really, it doesn't feel great, but thank you. Um, and she's like, oh no, I'll, I'll keep praying. And, uh, you know, like my wrist was not in good shape. Like it, it was, it was, it was, it was swollen. Like, like I said, I, I couldn't grip a handlebar. I couldn't like, I couldn't ride, you know, which is like big bummer. And so she continued praying for me for probably like another 10 minutes and, uh, and finish, which is like awesome. And, and then after that, she's like, how's it feel? And I was like, well, I think it feels a little better, but, um, you know, I'll sleep on it and see how it goes. And like, I hadn't rode in like three or four days because like since, since I had heard it. And then, um, and then I woke up the next morning and it was like, it was healed. Like I was doing double backflips the next day, huh. you know, and I, and I'd never experienced anything like that before. I had never experienced like healing. I had never seen it. I, you know, it's like, it was, it was the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen. Um, just the fact that God can like work in your life and he's, and he's not just like, he's not just there, you know what I mean? He's, 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 he's not just there watching. He's like actively with you and he's actively there to help you. And I just feel like if anyone can like hear that story and just like know that, that God is here with you and he loves you and he wants to heal you and not just physically healing, you know, like he can heal you emotionally. He can heal you spiritually. He can heal you mentally. Um, and he wants to, and all it takes is just saying yes, you know, like, and fully believing that God can heal you um, and you will be healed. And that was just such a crazy experience because like I literally went from one day not even be able to like make a fist because it hurt so bad to doing double backflips the next day, like overnight. Um, and that can happen to any, anyone, anyone through faith, but God yeah. is good. He's been very good to me. Um, and, uh, Jesus wants to know you and he wants to have a relationship with you because he loves you. So you said like three things right there that people needed to hear. It all came from a story, dude. That's so incredible. And uh, just so stoked to be able to capture it here with you. Um, so we, uh, as the listeners are hearing this, how can they follow you, get a hold of you? What, what, how do they, how do they see Christian? Yeah. Um, you can check me out on Instagram uh, just by searching my name or searching uh, Earhart underscore BMX. And um, I'm also on YouTube, just Christian Earhart. And you know, I appreciate it if you give me a follow or check me out. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been awesome. So check out Christian on on uh, and his social channels. As always, our social channels and and something that God's been putting on my heart here lately. I, I keep thinking about this. I've I've heard pastors say it in the morning, and they say, "I don't know who needs to hear this," but I, I changed a little bit. I say, "Someone needs to hear this." Like someone needs to hear this story in any one of these podcasts, and that's why we do it because. You never know who needs to hear it. And uh, you don't have to have a crazy fast life story. Um, you don't have to go big. You don't have to be an addict. You don't have to be an alcoholic. But just share with somebody and uh, share these stories. Share our Instagram posts. Share everything so that we can reach more people and get a hold of them. Um, you know, fastlifeministries.com. We can now have all the links to every one of these um, and check out Christian stuff. And we just thank everybody for being here. We'll close in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be with this young man of God. And just we pray that you will heal him, Lord God, and help guide him and just help him carry your word everywhere with him, Lord. Let him be an example to the entire mountain bike community of what it looks like to live for you 
and nothing else, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.